What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and joining me, as always, on a Friday, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. Uh, you 49ers fans are driving me crazy on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not even involved in the drama, but I, it's so, it's coming on my feed. You know, I'm a part of this 49ers nation now. So now I, I see all the 49ers news and all the fans and all that good stuff. Um, you guys are crazy. Both sides. There's two sides right now with 49ers nation and they hate each other. It's the side that, you know, Trey Lance is about to be a Hall of Famer. And then there's a side that says like he could be good, but let's like wait to see what happens. And the people who think he's going to be a Hall of Famer hate those people who aren't all in um, and then vice versa. And it, it's pretty wild. We're going to get into all of that because our own Javi Vega basically broke 49ers Twitter when he released uh, some <laughs> practice videos of Trey Lance. But uh, before no, we get a to practice that- video, woo! Crazy you're so, practice you're video. So, oh boy. Okay, we're gonna get to that. I want to remind everybody: please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation podcast network. And before we start, can I just say how relieved I am that I will not have to consume any food during today's show. I will not have to torture myself. Essentially, that you struggled. You struggled hard all day. I was checking up on you, and still, like five hours after the nope. pod, you were still dying. I was not right. I had no desire to eat anything until like seven thirty, eight o'clock that night. It was it <laughs> messed with me so much more than I realized. Is that and how I can lose weight? I should just start eating a couple spoonfuls of mayo and then I won't <laughs> want to eat for the rest of the day. I guess. I don't know if it's worth it, um, but we're going to make another bet next year because the Niners will be playing. We'll make our predictions. I don't know what I'm going to choose to do, but I will never do that again. Ever, ever, ever. No way. There's not enough money on the planet. And thanks to the thousands of you that downloaded the podcast and, of course, watched the video, got a lot of nice messages. People were seriously concerned about my health. I think a good one would be making someone eat a spoon, like a couple spoonfuls of garlic. Mm, Yeah, that would be rough. But that That I feel like it would stick with you for a long time. Yes. After the aftermath of that would be bad. But like but that would just taste bad. To me, there's a difference between something that doesn't taste good and something that actually nauseates you. And that was the problem with the mayonnaise. Like I was so disgusted. My brain wouldn't even let me swallow it right away. That's how gross it was. Just, okay. I'm very happy I didn't have to do it. Yeah. So we're going to get into the Trey Lance video because yes, 49ers Twitter was broken yesterday. And Michelle has put together an entire 49ers offseason plan that she has not told me about, but it includes free agent signings, draft picks. I'm super pumped that you went ahead and did this. So we're going to get into all of that. But we start with 49ers Twitter and what happened a couple days ago. Javi Vega basically broke 49ers Twitter. He got a hold. I have no idea how, by the way, and he did not tell me that was coming. So I had no forewarning, but he tweeted out some videos of Trey Lance in practice doing ridiculous, amazing things with a football, running out of the pocket, throwing on the run, just very, really impressive stuff. And I feel like you, Michelle, have lumped me into a group of people on 49ers Twitter that I do not belong with. You are painting with a broad brush and... I'm not having it. Listen, if you're excited about the video, be excited. It, it's exciting video, right? To watch any person do something like that is cool. And when the person's on your team, awesome. I'm not saying you can't be excited about any practice videos, 
I love watching Elijah Moore catch a deep pass <laughs> with no pads on and no defenders. Like, I don't care. It's fun. But don't make any assumptions out of anything from it. It does not mean he's going to be a good quarterback. If he threw an interception there, it doesn't mean he was going to be a bad quarterback. It does not matter at all. Because if you're an NFL quarterback, you are insanely, insanely, insanely talented. And you can throw a ball like no other and without pads on and really without defense, you can do anything. You could do amazing things, even the worst quarterbacks in the league. So it's like, we already knew he's athletic. We know he has a big arm. It's like, don't double down on this. Like, that's not our worries with him, right? Whatsoever. So have fun with the video. But people being like, oh, if we would have just started him instead of Trey Lance, we'd be Super Bowl winners. Like, you can't say that because of a practice without pads on. Like, relax relax people right and that was exactly my point my only reaction when seeing those videos was like damn okay that's awesome that's really cool to see because here's the thing michelle we have not had a quarterback in san francisco that was physically capable of doing that in at least half a decade because jimmy garoppolo cannot make those throws flat out period. He just doesn't have the actual ability, but to he it. may, if you had practice video of like this, you can find those videos out of any quarterback. I didn't even look for Jimmy Garoppolo. Deshaun Kaiser. I found videos of him doing this, not only in practice, but in games, making crazy throws on the run athletic. Th like, it's like, you can find these videos out of Sam Darnold has way too many hype videos they're there for everybody. So right, I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo maybe wouldn't look as pretty doing it, but he can make a pat like he can make a cool pass too in practice. Not those, not those throws. Jimmy can make some really good throws, but th don't forget he was a second round draft pick. Sam Darnold at least was a first round draft pick. He has arm talent, but Jimmy Garoppolo does not have the ability to roll out to his left, throw back across his body. 15, 20 yards down the field on a rope like Trey Lance did. He just doesn't have that ability. And that's cool to see. That's exciting to see because when you take a quarterback third overall, he better be able to do that stuff. Yeah. And and we've gotten how many reports now, even this week, Michelle, have come out. Peter King, Kyle Shanahan, super confident he has a good quarterback. Jay Glazer was talking about how enamored the 49ers are with Trey Lance. We've gotten all these reports, right? But we haven't had any real physical evidence of that right there have we haven't been able to see anything that backs up these reports other than what we saw in the game so for me it was really nice to be able to see like okay maybe this some of this is what they are seeing when we hear all these good reports and again with reports like what are they going to say right we hate we hate trey lance he sucks like again there's like i was just going through funny things from past seasons i just wanted to see off-season reports and there was one about how good sam darnold and Le'Veon bell look together and they were just going to take over the league Ooh. and they're going to be a whole new team and i'm like this is why off-season so funny i i just have a blast with off-season reports um the, like everything to do with the teams and their talk and the coach speak and players speak it's just a good time because most of it 90 5% of it is just baloney. We have entered the season of lying. When you get into this time of year with draft and free agency, you can't trust anything people say. And if you look at NinersNation.com, Michelle, that's the story I wrote. It's literally called how much of these Trey Lance reports can you believe? Like, so, so you're putting me in this group of crazies on 49ers Twitter. That is not fair to me. Listen, I personally am very excited to see Trey Lance play. I actually, I think he's going to be a good quarterback next year. I think he's going to be good enough 
because I, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan, and I think he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. You can win with even a Jalen Hurts type, and uh, Trey Lance has a way better arm, way stronger arm uh, than him. So all he has to do is make some big plays, use those legs. They're going to win games with him. It's going to be exciting. I think he's going to mo- look more like Josh Allen from 2019 than mm-hmm. what people want him to be, Josh Allen, 2020, 2021. But give him a year or two, and he can get to that. So I'm just excited to get to see him start. I don't want to hear any of this Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady stuff. Get out of here. It's I Trey agree. Lance time. I agree. Let's go. couple of things there. First thing is I've never seen a quarterback get treated like this where people are expecting him to be a finished product before he ever becomes the full-time starter. Like I, He's people, being bet on for the 2020 MVP more than anyone else. It's, it's because of his odds are nice, but like this is it's too much pressure on this young guy who – doesn't really have any experience like it's going to take a second he can become one of the best quarterbacks in the league I just don't think that's going to happen year one and I think that's fair and I don't think it's fair to ask him to be a top five quarterback in year one right like all these like when does that happen besides Patrick Mahomes it just doesn't he's not ready he's not ready there no he's not ready he needs to play (laughs) to get ready like I I don't understand this like you have to be the finished product at the peak of your potential before you can get on the field. It's absurd. I I will never understand that. And the other thing I thought of is we don't know when those practice videos are from. I have no idea if it's from week two, week 10, week 12, who knows? Um, But I will say this, if Kyle Shanahan was seeing those kind of plays in practice, what was he not seeing or what was he seeing that made him keep Trey Lance off the field, right? Because if he's making those kind of throws, you're like, damn, we got to get this guy in the lineup. Well, he must have been seeing other stuff, whether it was other bad throws that we didn't see, or maybe it was situationally handling the game from that perspective. There was something there that held him back in Kyle's mind because otherwise you see those throws and you're like, why wouldn't you want that guy to be your starting quarterback? Yeah, if he was making those throws all the time, you would think he'd be in, especially once they had the excuse with Jimmy Garoppolo being injured. They could have easily made the switch. Right. It would have just felt like, you're too hurt. You're too hurt. Like Joe Flacco, you know, he hurt his hip back in the day. It was like he would have played through that if Lamar Jackson wasn't there. You know he would have been playing (laughs) through that injury and would have been fine, but they kind of pushed him to the side and was like, let's see what Lamar Jackson can, can do, and he proved himself. So, yeah. He must have been making other errors in practice, but at the same time, it's fine. He's a rookie. It's going to, it's going to happen. I'm excited to see what he can do next year. There's going to be ups and downs. And I think the 49ers fans need to be ready for that. Don't put so much pressure on this man and do not fall out of love with him. If he isn't a superstar in year one. That's it's going to be so weird next year because we're still going to be haunted by the ghost of Jimmy Garoppolo, because (laughs) first of all, if Trey Lance, let's just say for the sake of argument that he hits the ground running and he's awesome right away, people are going to say, see, he sat that extra year and that's why he's so good now. Like no one, everyone is going to find a way to justify whatever their Lance take was this year. If he's bad right away, people are going to say, see, Jimmy should have started. And if he's bad right away, people like me who wanted Lance to start all year are going to say, see, he should have got this out of the way last year. So he'd be better. Like, so no matter what happens next year, no one's going to be wrong. Everyone's going to find a way to make it seem like they were right all along. 
at this point, I don't think anyone should worry about it. I think the 49ers at the end of the day made the correct choice. Jimmy Garoppolo starts. You you probably were not going to get much for him last offseason, right? He was injured another time. Who knows what they're going to get for him in a trade? You end up starting him. Yeah, Trey Lance doesn't get the experience. You make it to the NFC Championship. You don't know if you get it that far with Trey Lance. I'm, I really don't think you win the Super Bowl with Trey Lance. Like You've never done it with a rookie before. What have you been the first rookie to ever win a Super Bowl? That's very unlikely. So you made it as far as likely you would have with Lance. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value is so high up. So all that capital you spent on Lance, you're going to get a, uh, at least one high pick back. And I think it's going to be higher than what people are saying lately. I don't. You're going to at least get a second, at least. But I do think there's a case that they should get a first for him. You, you've seen it. I mean, Sam Bradford got back a first. That was long into his career, too, when he did nothing, ever. He never yeah, was anything. I'll never understand how the how that happened. That makes no Sam sense to me. Darnold just got a second last year and another pick, and he was straight the worst quarterback in the league. <laughs> and uh, who else just... Uh, Carson Wentz just got uh, a first rounder for him. I mean, maybe it's that conditional first where you don't get it till 2023, but I, I think you want it this year and it, it should be an earlier pick than some people are like, they'll only get a third for him. I don't, I don't think that's happening. I don't care what they get for him. I just want him gone. I want to be done with this. Like there's this core group of fans and, and core group of veterans on the team that have this allegiance to Jimmy Garoppolo that will never die until he is off the team. And I want it dead. I want them to turn the page. It's ridiculous now. I think that's going to happen. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. I think it's going to happen after the combine because at the combine, that's where all the discussions are going to take place. So I think it's going to happen sometime after the combine, which is the first week of March. And I think it'll also happen before the new league year, which is March 16th, which is actually my daughter's birthday. Um, I think in those 16 days is when that Jimmy Garoppolo trade is going to happen. Uh, I don't care where he goes and I don't care what the 49ers get back for him. I would love to see them get a first round pick. I don't think that's going to happen, but whatever it is, I just want this deal done. I want to move on. Like it, it's just time now. Let's go. Let's just, can we all embrace the Trey Lance era? Like you said, no Tom Brady, no Aaron Rodgers. No, I don't know how Aaron Rodgers had the best odds you sent it to me. I think it was, was it points bet AG or bet online AG? I can't remember who it came from. It was three to one odds or five to, what was it? It was something really it was three high. Three to one if Rodgers isn't on the Packers next year. So yeah. it was, if he changes teams, the Niners had the best odds. No, like I don't want this. No, no, no. You drafted this guy. You did a whole exhaustive search. You traded up. Let's just go. Take the quarterback on a cheap contract. Pay Debo. Pay Bosa. And let's see what we got here. Enough's enough. I agree with you. And I'm excited for Jimmy Garoppolo to finally get traded as long as it's not the Steelers, which we it's all know. Gonna be. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be. Yes, it is. Be. I could see it, right? How about this? What if I said you get Jimmy Garoppolo and we'll throw in a third round pick and you give me a first round pick? That's what I'm thinking could happen with one of these teams that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, I could totally see that happening. And maybe it's the Steelers who do it. If there's a team out there that truly believes they're Super Bowl contenders right now, this class is not no one stepping in and making you a Super Bowl contender. Like, if anything, they're probably going to make you worse uh, than what you had the year before. Unless you're the Broncos, you can't get worse than Drew Locke. <laughs> but 
like if you really believe like the Broncos, you're a Super Bowl contender, you're going for the Aaron Rodgers, you're going for the Russell Wilsons. But if you don't come up with them, it's going the next plan is going to be a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz. And I do think they might say, okay, we have to give up a first. They're going to want a third back at least like you're going to have to give up other things in this, but they might be say, well, any of the guys, any of the quarterbacks we take in the first round, they're not as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. So if we're going to use our first round pick on a quarterback, it might as well be on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. I think that the Niners are definitely going to benefit from the class of free agent quarterbacks and the class of uh, uh, in incoming quarterbacks, not being that strong. All right. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get to that plan. Cause I want to hear this. Now you have the roadmap for the 49ers laid out draft picks, free agent signings. I cannot wait to hear it. We're going to take a quick break and we'll get into all of that when we return back here on the gold diggers podcast. All right, let's get into it. Now, Michelle, you have a 49ers off season plan. I'm super excited to hear it because it sounds like you put a lot of work <laughs> into it. And I'm just excited because I, I, I like the offseason. It's not as fun as the regular season, but I like the whole kind of team building aspect of everything. So, all right, what do you got for me? I know this made me want to be a GM for a hot second. And then I was like, you know, that's way too much work. I'll just stick to fake GMing. Uh, but this is all about a realistic plan for the offseason to build around Trey Lance. Not bringing up any other quarterback here. It's all about being Super Bowl contenders with Trey Lance. Right now, the team has about $3 million in cap space. But if you trade away Jimmy Garoppolo, that's going to go up to $28-ish million. And then I think an easy cut is Samson Ibukam, 34 to 35 million in cap space you can have there. Um, if you make that Jimmy Garoppolo trade slash cut, you're not cutting him. Um, and then that Ibukam cut because right now you could save seven million dollars if you cut him. Like he was not good enough to keep around if you can save that much cap space for him. Easy upgrades, other places that you can use that money for. He was okay, but definitely far too expensive. So with all of those moves right there, you're sitting pretty nice around $35 million in cap space that you could do a lot with that very first signing, very small here, resign left guard Lincoln Tomlinson to a one to two year, probably two year small deal. He's not going to be expensive, but when you're looking at the guards that are in free agency, it's not the most desirable. So I think you just need to resign him. He's good enough, right? He's a solid enough player or he's not going to kill you. And you just kind of need to re-sign that guy. So first thing there, just check that off. You like that first first step? Couple of things. The Ebucam cut is a dicey one because he was not very good for much of the year. And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, I think he had like seven sacks in his last eight games or something like that. And it was like, yes, this was the dude that we thought we were going to get. When we signed him, he was their big, like, free agent pass rusher acquisition. So the question for the Niners is, who's the, He's who's too much the real guy? He's too much money. I'm going to talk about a replacement for All him. Right. But, but he's he's got to be cut. There's no keeping him. Or, you know, restructure his contract. But he's just too much money right now. So I just think that $7 million will help you other places that you need to fill holes. And you can fill them multiple holes. Okay. With I'm vets. down with that. Uh, so how do you feel about Lake and Tomlinson though? Resign him. hundred percent. Bring him back. The dude never misses a game. Trent Williams loves him. You need to eliminate questions on your offensive line. There are too many as it is. Love bringing Lake back. 
Okay, and then my next one is the first big spend, right? And you might think maybe it's on an elite secondary piece, but there really isn't one. I think JC Jackson out of the out of New England, he's likely to be franchise tagged. I don't think they're going to let him go. They're either going to give him that extension, they're going to tag him. He's going to stay with New England. And then Tyron Matthew, I can't picture him leaving the Chiefs. I really can't. I think you're going to have to pay him far too much to get to San Francisco, which would be like, I, I think he would be a, a great game changer for you guys, but I, I can't see him leaving. So instead of spending your money in the secondary, I say go get Brandon Scherf. He's a Washington right guard. Instant, m- massive improvement right there because Daniel Brunskill has to go, right? You cannot be starting that man. That's a place where they definitely need to upgrade. So spend a big chunk of money there, but even like guards aren't that much money. The highest paid guard right now is Joe Tooney. He's making $16 million a year. That's totally doable. Like I think Brandon Scherf will want to be the highest paid, probably around that $17, $18 million a year. But I think that's an upgrade that you can make on that line where then the line's pretty much set, right? I think you can go in the next year, feel good about that line uh, uh, in front of Trey Lance. There's no one that's absolutely garbage anymore playing on that line, and you're going to be plenty good enough, but you protect your new, young, possibly studly quarterback. Um, Just give them the best chance to succeed at least uh, in that area. Here's my problem is that I don't know that the offensive line is totally settled because McGlinchey is coming back from a serious injury and Alex Mack may not play this year because he might retire. He hasn't decided to come back and center is a massively important position. Well, if Alex Mack retires, that kind of ruins this a <laughs> little bit. So we're going to act like Alex Mack is coming back. I feel like don't retire yet, dude. You, you gotta, he played he all right. Come back I mean, he was a replacement, but yeah, he, he, you need him back. That's going to put a, that's going to ruin my plan a little bit, but let's just act like Alex Mack is coming back. They, they talked him into coming back for at least one more season and we're good to go. But if they can't get Brandon Scherf, even though he shouldn't be franchise tagged again, like he's already been franchise tagged twice. They can't do it a third time. That's going to be absurd amount of money. So I do think he hits free agency and they can sign him there or a guy like Connor Williams. If they can get him away from Dallas, that would be a nice option if they can't get Scherf. But that's my way there to kind of fix this line. One expensive, one cheap. You can't have Brunskill. You can't have a guy that gets beat immediately off the like, even if they could just hold up for a second, <laughs> literally one second, that's going to be enough to allow Lance to do something, get rid of the ball, extend the play, whatever. You just can't have guys getting beat at the snap of the ball. And that happened too many times with Brunskill. So I agree. He's got to go. I like it so far. All right. My third one. It's kind of flashy. It's a flashy signing. Sign Juju Smith-Schuster. Wow. California dude. You know, you might want to come back home to California. But he gives this offense another tough dude. Like Juju Smith-Schuster on the field. He's a tough man. He's willing to go out there and block. He catches. He's got great hands. He catches tough balls. There's always guys. Listen, I don't even want to talk about the Steelers' offense and the way they they ran it lately. I mean, he doesn't get to run further than six yards down the field because it's just five-yard passes. So there's guys all over all of these wide receivers, and they have to make tough catches. Like, he's just a tough dude. And going three good wide receivers across on that playing field, like, that's the way to win games lately. We saw it with the Bengals. They had three great ones in Chase and Higgins and Boyd. Uh, we saw it last year with Brady, with Godwin and AB and Evans. Like, give Trey Lance everything he needs to succeed. Devo Samuel and 
Uh, Brandon Ayuk are great and George Kittle, but give them that third guy because last year, Jimmy Garoppolo was relying on Juwan Jennings far too often late in the season. Jennings, you know, stepped up, but you don't really want him to be that guy that you're looking for anytime late in the game or late in the season. Like, upgrade that position. I think Juju would be you don't even know if that would be a steal at this point. Cause he's not going to be that expensive. He was a star to start his career. When, when the offense was clicking, when the Steelers offense was actually good and they went down the field instead of the worst offense of all time, <laughs> he was a star. And I don't want to hear it was just because he played across from AB. Do you know how many players have played across from Antonio Brown in their career and did nothing and sucked with Pittsburgh or how many players have played against across from DeAndre Hopkins or Devonte Adams and did nothing. It doesn't just make you a good wide receiver. Like you have to actually have the skill set, and he has it. He's like a 49er player to me. Like I feel like he fits with the 49ers. Well, let me ask you this. You are a Steelers fan. Why are you willing to let Juju Smith Schuster become a free agent? If he's so good. We don't have a quarterback. We can't be in another <laughs> wide receiver. Like, we don't have one. And I, I love me some Deontay Johnson. I, I would love to keep Juju. I was happy we kept him this last year, but I, I don't even know. He does love Pittsburgh, so maybe they can keep him. But does he want to stay without a quarterback to pass him yeah, the ball? That's fair. Look, the, the Niners definitely need a wide receiver. I know that that uh, Juwan Jennings is getting a ton of love, and he did play well down the stretch. I love this stat I just came across with him. 20 of his 24 catches either went for a first down or a touchdown, which I love, but that doesn't necessarily mean he can be your full-time number three wide receiver. Like, And they, the Niners only yeah. have Debo and Ayuk under contract right now. Jennings is actually a restricted free agent, which means he's going to be back. But technically, the only two under contract are Ayuk and Debo. So you're going to need to add wide receivers. And River Craycraft just left, by the way, went to Miami. So someone's going to have to fill that spot. Um, now, maybe they do it uh, through the draft. I don't know. But I wouldn't hate a Juju signing depending on how expensive he was. I'd have to see the price tag on that one. But I could get behind it for sure because you're right. I do think he kind of fits in to the very specific wide receiver mold that the 49ers have. Yeah, you can play in the slot. That's really where he's best at. But he can also go on the outside. Very versatile. Like, that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan kind of looks for there. And if a guy like Devo Samuel gets injured, Juju can't fill that role exactly. Obviously, he's not as athletic as Devo. Uh, but he, you wouldn't, your offense wouldn't die, right? Like, without Devo right now, you would struggle. I think Juju there, you at least have the insurance as well if one of those guys goes down. You're not screwed. Um, we Like, we saw what happened to the Rams. They still ended up winning the Super Bowl. But, but when OBJ went down, that offense struggled way harder than it was when he was there because they had to go to a guy like Van Jefferson more often, who's a fine wide receiver, but you need to do that upgrade there. Um, so sign a guy. It doesn't have to be Juju, but I just think this is a perfect fit. Give Trey Lance another dependable veteran weapon. Just load it up there for him to succeed. I like it. That's what their whole primary focus should be. Everything that they do should be centered around the idea of helping Trey Lance. That's what you have. I mean, should really be any team's quarterback philosophy anyway, but especially a young quarterback, especially a kid who's going to be 22 years old with as little experience as he has. I totally agree. I'm on board so far, Michelle. I like this plan. All right. And then my next one is sign an older vet at cornerback. Like I already brought up the cornerback market right now. There are some good options, but I just think a lot of them are going to be franchise tagged or be far too expensive. But 
you can get a guy like Casey Hayward, who just had a really great season for the Raiders. He's a little bit older, uh, but you can get him for cheap for a one-year deal. You can get Joe Hayden cheap, who's also older. He could leave the Steelers as well. He's a free agent. He's been a a great corner for the Steelers now for a few years. He's always on uh, the top wide receiver on the opposite team. And he, he's like pretty much a lockdown corner. He's been fantastic, but you can get these guys for cheaper. And I think that's kind of the route you have to go for this year. Like have a bridge cornerback one, uh, sign him on a cheap deal. And then that's perfect. They have now have a corner. They can actually trust out there. And then also a cornerback who can teach these young guys. Like you can't just already, you, you need to develop Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas. Don't just give up on them already. Right? Like they showed enough flashes their rookie season to show that they could turn into pretty solid pieces in the NFL. So keep developing them. They can learn from them. So I love bringing in one of these guys and then you know, if you want to go one step further and not get Casey Hayward or Joe Hayden, but go that step further and get Stefan Gilmore, if you can figure out that contract and fit it in the cap, then that could be even a better option as well. In 2019, when the 49ers traded for Emmanuel Sanders, Debo and Ayuk both talked about how much they benefited just from him as a teammate, as showing them how to be professionals, how to practice, how to train, how to work on things. They, they all still keep in touch with Emmanuel Sanders, even though he's only on the team for like half a season. So I think the exact same thing can apply to the defensive backs. I agree with you. I would love to see a veteran corner in there because I do think Ambry Thomas needs a little, you know, veteran guidance and and would benefit from that. And the same thing with Diamondor Lenore. And again, not necessarily to develop into, you know, Darrell Rivas, Deion Sanders out there, but just like you said, to turn into viable starters in the NFL like that is that's like the floor you want for these guys and God knows they need somebody in that secondary that's just just better than Josh Norman like that's all I'm asking for which is not a high bar but they weren't really able to do that last year so hopefully this year they don't just say well I hope Jason Verrett can stay healthy no and don't even bring Jason Verrett back like I'm done with that guy yeah. Don't get too attached to your own people here. So I am totally on board with everything you've done so far. Yep. I'm so on board with that. Just uh, Casey Hayward or Joe Hayden would instantly help you out there in the secondary. It's a, it's a bridge gap, right? And then sooner or later, maybe hopefully you can draft someone early in the draft or sign someone younger that can be there for long-term. But for now that will be fine. And since you're saving money there, then you can go bring in some more, uh, another pass rusher, uh, maybe a couple, but one I like over Ibukam would be a guy that was just cut from the Falcons, Dante Fowler Jr. He's only 27 years old. He was the third overall pick in 2015. He's had a couple nice seasons. And when he was his best self is when he's not the sole best Mm -hmm. pass rusher on a team, right? When the Falcons didn't really have anyone else. So, uh, you know, offenses could just say, okay, let's block Fowler. He's not good enough to be the guy on a defense. But when he had Aaron Donald there to, you know, take the focus off of him, he had a killer season as a pass rusher. So I think that's kind of the same thing. He can play a role here for the 49ers. He's not going to be asked to be the dude in this defense. Like there's too many other guys there, but Nick Bose is going to on the opposite side would, they're going to focus on him. So Fowler can do his thing without being the focus. And I think he's going to be pretty cheap. The Falcons just cut him and he was only on uh, the only expected to make $4 million this season you can sign this dude pretty cheap and that's going to save you a lot of money there. So if you sign a a cheap corner vet and a 
bring in a Dante Fowler. It's just going to give you so much, so many other options and just sticking with Ibukam because he had a nice ending of a season. That's that's the rationale for anybody the 49ers bring in, right? They're not going to have to be a number one guy. Bosa's there. Armstead's there. Kinlaw, you know, we think is going to yeah. come back next year. And we've seen the 49ers take guys that have underachieved as pass rushers other places and make them better in San Francisco. Chris Kasarek, the defensive line coach, has absolutely done that. Think about Arden Key, guys like that who became important contributors for the 49ers. Fowler, there was actually a, a piece on Niners Nation not too long ago about that exact thing, how Fowler would be a perfect fit for San Francisco. I like it. I like taking shots on guys with high upsides. They don't all pay off, but I think it's worth it for the 49ers. Like you said, he was the third overall pick in the draft for a reason. There are some traits there that hopefully you can maximize if you bring him in. And the fact that he's not going to cost you all that much. Like, I think you could make the argument that if you have Armstead and Bosa in place, you could sort of have like a rotating opposite pass rusher every year or every couple of years. You don't need to sign a guy to like a seven year deal. Just look on the free agent market, see who this you know, sort of candidate is that fits this mold and keep bringing the different guy in every year. Yeah. I mean, he had 11 and a half sacks with the Rams back in 2019. It's not like he's never done anything in 2017 with the Jaguars. He had a eight season, uh, eight sacks in a season. Like it's not like he's been absolutely useless. It's just, he can't, he, he's not going to get a big contract and can't be the dude, but you don't need him. So I, I love the signing for them. Just bring in a guy like that. That's a vet that can maybe even like a Melvin Ingram, but just it, keep loading up on those pass rushers because your secondary is still not going to be fantastic. No matter really what you do, unless you got someone absolutely amazing um, in free agency, but keep blowing up on those pass rushers and do what you do best. And it's getting to the quarterback and causing them stress. And that's why the secondary is fine. So that's my free agency takes. I'm on board. I like all of it so far. You're shoring up the offensive line. You're adding to the wide receiver room and you are acquiring a pass rusher to strengthen what is the biggest strength on your defense. So, so far, so good. All right. Now I'm moving on to the draft and this is a dream scenario, right? This is if they get the top for Jimmy Garoppolo, which I've already explained how they would do it. It's if a team believes they're just a uh, quarterback away. They're planning on taking a quarterback in the first round anyways. So you might as well use it on a Jimmy Garoppolo right, instead of using it on a Malik Willis or Matt Corral. Yeah. Or something. No, not mm -hmm. the Steelers. Cause they're not just a quarterback away. That's my thing. For some reason, there's a, a rumor out that Washington would maybe be willing to give their 11th <laughs> overall pick. I don't know why they would be the team to be like, we're just a quarterback away. <laughs> like, I feel like they're so many things away. But I mean, if they wanted to give 11th overall pick, I know that you were saying Shanahan has beef and all that, but I oh, mean, yeah. come on. You know, you got to do it. You got to take the 11th overall yeah. pick. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe that rumor is true. But also, Denver, I mean, they're high up there. At, what are they, 10th overall pick this year? They really are just a quarterback away. That's, that's all they are. They just need. A, an okay quarterback that doesn't kill them because the rest of their team is so good. It's such a solid roster. So they really do feel like for us to compete in the vision with Patrick Mahomes uh, and Justin Herbert, we need a, we need a damn quarterback. So if they're not able to get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, then they're going to have to look elsewhere. And I do think Jimmy Garoppolo could be an option. Now, I do think you would have to give back a third rounder, maybe a third and a fourth, or maybe both of your thirds. Like, you'd have to figure out something else. It's not going to just be Jimmy Garoppolo fourth. That, did you look it up? It's the 10th overall pick. 
ninth overall pick. It's not going to just be that straight up, but I do think there's a way to get one of these first round picks from a team. And if that's the case, then I do think you spend a premium pick on an edge rusher. So yes, I already mentioned Dante Fowler. He'll be that guy who can, who can come in and plays and make big splash plays, but you go get a guy like George Kaloftis from out of Purdue, Carl Loftus. I kind of messed up that name the first time out of Purdue and your defensive line is going to be so dominant and so unstoppable. It's going to be insane to watch. It's going to be so good. This guy is a monster. He's six foot four, 275 pounds, but also has the speed. So he has great speed in that body. He can play anywhere on the defensive line. He had 39 quarterback quarterback hurries, which was 12th in the FBS this past year, 15 quarterback hits seventh. Uh, he's just a, he's just a monster everywhere. Very powerful player. Uh, so I think if like you add him to that defensive line, you have Nick Bosa and him and Armstead and maybe Kinlaw comes back. It's not going to matter who's in that <laughs> secondary. It's kind of like what the Raiders did this year. Their secondary was like, no one expected them to do anything. They looked better than they were because their pass rush was so fantastic. Like we already saw the way the 49ers want to win on defense and this would just, I, I think this would change their defense even more where they could be a top three defense in the league. I don't know anything about the player specifically that you selected. As I have told people, I haven't watched a second of college football. I don't know who's good. I don't know who's not good. I am just a little frustrated because I feel like every first round pick with the 49ers essentially has been a defensive lineman, except for Brandon Ayuk. And that's only because they had two in that draft. Don't forget, they took Kinlaw first. Um, and it's like, damn, man, can't we go anywhere else with the, it's not like they have a great track record of success picking defensive linemen too, by the way, Solomon Thomas was a giant stiff. Javon Kinlaw looks sort of good. Like Nick Bosa obviously is a stud, but that wasn't necessarily a difficult pick. So I, I don't have anything yeah. against this player specifically, but to me, if they get the ninth pick in the draft, which, by the way, I would love that. And it's going to come down to whether or not Denver can get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be their first choice. But for what it's worth, the Packers just signed um, Tom Clements. Tom Clements or Ted Clements. Some Clements guy that supposedly Aaron Rodgers really likes to be their quarterback coach. So maybe, you know, like they're gearing up to try and keep him. We'll see who the hell knows. But if you somehow manage to get the ninth overall pick, like just to me, I want you to take a corner because you can get an elite corner. The way you get like the stud corners nowadays, because they're so valuable, you got to pick them at the top of the draft. That's pretty much corners and pass rushers. Like the elite guys almost always go at the top of the draft. Take, take somebody, please, please find. They haven't drafted a corner in the first round since Mike Rumpf. And I bet you, you have no idea who Mike Rumpf is and you shouldn't have any idea who Mike Rumpf is because he stunk. So that's the point. Finally invest in a position that's very difficult to get. That would be my only pushback. Yeah. I don't know if there's any like complete stud that you're going to get there at the ninth okay. overall pick for a corner. Derek Stingley out of LSU would probably be your best bet. Uh, but he even has weaknesses. I mean, all of these players obviously have some weaknesses, but I, I just think if you get this premium pick here, you should go for a guy that could be a complete and total difference maker on that line to just make your defensive line like pretty much unstoppable. You would have such an elite like front 
line that the pass rush would be so hard to stop. That would, I think that would change your defense more than drafting an early corner when you could fill that with a, with a vet. I guess you could fill a edge rusher with a vet too, but it wouldn't be the same impact as one of these like elite edge rushers coming out of the draft. Well, and the other thing too, is if you do load up on the D line, that necessarily means that you could still have a pass rush if you were to lose Nick Bosa for a couple of games next season. You know, he stayed healthy for every game, which is incredible, especially coming off the knee injury. But you can't count on that year after year. So you would like to be able to have a unit then if your strength is going to be the defensive line, you'd like to be able to have a situation where if you did miss a guy for a game or two games, or maybe it's Armstead and not Bosa, whatever the case may be, you want to have enough depth there to be able to still run your defense the way it was built, which is to pressure the passer and, and take the, you know, the pressure off the secondary essentially. So I, I could get on board with that. Um, like I said, I don't know anybody from Adam in this draft class. I got to do some studying, um, but I do trust you. And so if, if that's a reasonable spot there, I would love it. Um, you've got, you've got wide receivers coming in. You've got the defense getting bolstered and you've got, Oh, that's right. The Scherf signing on the offensive line there. So yeah, you, you, and I got one more pick in the second round that I think would be a, oh, big, all right. a big pick here. And maybe they have to use, if they get a second rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo instead of the first rounder, maybe they use that earlier second round pick on this guy because maybe he doesn't last to the end of the second, but Jalen Petrie safety out of Baylor, uh, looks like he could be like a strong safety type of box safety at the next level. But this dude is just like, I feel like the 49ers are going to watch him on tape. They probably already have, obviously. He was at the Senior Bowl as well. But they're going to fall in love with him because he's such a 49er. He is running all over that field. He is hitting hard. He is always near the ball. Thank and I feel you. like there's such a type of there's such a type of 49ers player that they're looking for. They want those guys that just want to be like the tough guy out there, but he is constantly always near the ball. And I, I think that's just the perfect playmaker. You need a playmaker in that defense. He played close to the line of scrimmage a lot at Baylor. Um, rarely had to cover like man to man deep. So that was people's biggest worries. Scout's biggest worries coming into the NFL. But apparently all the reports coming out of the senior bowl is he was able to showcase that talent in practice. Like they, they put them, it's obviously just drills in practice, but he actually like during the scrimmages and all that, he was able to showcase that talent. So they felt like, okay, this dude is just an all around good player. He was a 2021 big 12 defensive player of the year. Uh, he's many mock drafts have him falling to the late second round. So like there's an actual chance they can get him here. And also not only is he good, he's good in the slot, which they could definitely use an upgrade there going up against Cooper cup. Um, but he's also a fantastic as a run stopper as well, which anyone would love. He had 34 run stops, which was the most among all DBs in the FBS last year. So this dude is good all around. Maybe like, I don't think he's going to be a, a good free safety in the NFL, but that's okay. Use him as that box safety close to the line of scrimmage. Use him as a, playmaker on that defense. And I think that's exactly what they need. Yeah, I want somebody that's going to generate some freaking turnovers. And I know that those aren't the only plays that matter. I get that. That's something that Joukowsky Tart is constantly pushing back against. Like, Hey, I can make game changing plays that aren't necessarily turnovers. And he's not wrong, but you know what? I'd be willing to sacrifice some of those other plays for some damn turnovers. Like we have seen in the NFL, Yardage that you give up does not matter if you can generate turnovers. We've seen teams look at the Cowboys last year. 
Their defense stunk. It was not good. You could move up and down the field on them, but they got so many turnovers that they were able to, to win their division and make the playoffs. The 49ers need a guy like that, a guy that scares opposing quarterbacks a little bit. Yeah, you might be able to pick on him sometimes, but you know what? He can kill you sometimes too. So I'm willing to, to accept some yardage given up for a guy that can change a game with one play or two plays. I'm hoping the Steelers take him in the second round with that pick 20 in the second round. But if you know he falls past them, I, I think this is just a perfect 49er player. I have seen him in some mock drafts going to the 49ers. I've seen um, some 49er sites wanting him. So I think a lot of people are agreeing. Like he just seems like a 49er player. That's just like the Steelers are kind of like that too. You could just like envision certain players going to these teams. And this is what I get out of him. And if they, end up getting a second rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo instead from Denver or a team like that, then they'll even be able to have a better chance of landing him. The Niners do have a decent haul of draft picks, even though they don't, they don't have a first round pick. They've got some, a lot of things that they can do. I've argued, I argued yesterday, if they can get back into the first round, if they want to get back into the first round, they can, and it won't be like crazy difficult for them to do it. They've actually, if you go back uh, since 2000, they have way more years of multiple first round picks than they do where they haven't picked in the first round. In fact, the Niners have made a first round draft really? pick every year since 1996. So they either get multiple firsts or they get a first round pick, but they usually do not let the first round go by without picking somebody. So I feel like they're going to find a way to get back in it somewhere, even if it's at the end of the first round. Yeah. And I think at worst, they're going to have uh, early to mid second. So there's going to be a good player here that you can get. Um, and like I said, Petrie's are like, he might move up, I guess, in the off season, but he's still being mocked kind of in that second round. I think it is because of those worries of him being, you know, being able to cover deep and all of that and being more of like a box safety. But I think that's, that's fine for what the 49ers need right now. And I, that's that's it for my offseason plan. But I also just think if you do have those two third round picks still like or one of them, then that's where you can start taking corners again. Uh, maybe even use like both your third round picks on corners. Try just to see. I don't have anyone um, ready to go here to say they should draft in the third round. But, you know, if there's a guy that's sitting there in the third round at the corner position and you think he can be an upgrade to Ambry Thomas or at least give him competition, draft him. Right. Like the more options you have, the more likely you're going to hit on someone. So instead of just being like, oh, we got Ambry Thomas, see if like, if you think his talents are better than Ambry Thomas, draft him, put him in competition and see who wins. Absolutely. The more lottery tickets you have, the better your chances to win the jackpot. And that's kind of how you have to look at these traffics. I mean, yep. look at the 49ers last year, right? They move up to trade for Trey Sermon and they also draft Elijah Mitchell later in the draft. Guess what? Sermon didn't do much last year. Elijah Mitchell was fantastic. So you got to, you know, keep yep. giving yourself lottery tickets, essentially, and if you want to win. So I'm on board with that. God knows they need the secondary help. And what's the worst thing that happens? You end up with a bunch of really good cornerbacks. Like, okay, that's a great problem to have. So I'm <laughs> on board. I love the plan, Michelle. And I, I'm going to be fascinated now. Let me ask you this. If I put the over under on things that actually happen from your plan. If I put the over under at one and a half, are you going to go over? Are you going to go under? Well, I think they re-signed Lake and Tomlinson. So I think that's okay, an easy so one. So then you got to ask yourself, did you make one other correct prediction? Yes, I think I did. Between either Juju Casey Hayward or Joe Hayden or Stefan Gill. Like, I, I think one of those guys are going to sign Dante Fowler. I feel good. I feel good saying. Oh yeah. Two. How good? 
You can you want to put a little something on this? Oh, you're 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 trying to make me put do like something like mayo. Do you feel mayonnaise good about it? Okay, but does it count? Because I said sign an older vet and I gave three options. Does it count if any of those three sign? Yep, I'll give you any of those three. Okay, then yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do something. Do I have to eat mayo? Yes. Okay. The punishment right. should fit the crime. One cup of mayonnaise. All right. Ooh, okay, Juju to come on, Juju the 49ers. Yep. Even Abukam getting cut. Like that'll do it. Oh, okay. Then the easy. I already oh. won. Oh, okay. Lincoln Tomlinson and Abukam. I already won. Famous last words. You heard it here first. Michelle is very confident that uh she can see the future. So all right, that's good. I have it on we're recording. What about the trade Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, no, that does not count. <laughs> We won't, we won't count that. Uh, we have it on tape now. We are recording this. This is fantastic. Now I hope nothing comes to pass, regardless of the consequences <laughs> for the 49ers, because I want to see you have to suck down that mayonnaise. What if I just love it? That's even more disgusting. <laughs> then I would I grow up on I don't the think pod, I, will, I think. But... <laughs> Gross. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. It's the off season. Go do something cool and fun for a change. Take advantage of the free time you have. I know I will. I played video games for the first time in like six months this week, Michelle. It was unbelievable. Uh, I did not, but I watched, I've been watching a lot of NBA, so I've just moved on to the next sport. But now they're off for a week, so i got to find something else besides sports, I guess. NBA stinks. Fill your time with something better. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. This is the Gold Diggers Podcast. Go Niners. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.